Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we've got the latest installment of the Collab Mock Draft Series for you, this time featuring two of the best in the business. From the ringer, it is Danny Kelly and Benjamin Solak. So excited for this one. It's a what we would do mock draft. So myself, Danny, and Ben, we each take turns going through the order of a brand new first round mock draft. And because it's what we would do and because we got two guests, you're talking about new names, new conversations, new thought processes when it comes to the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. I'm Trevor Sikama. No Connor Rogers for this one, but Connor, I promise you're going to like the pick that we have for the Jets at 13. Let's ring the bell. Stock Exchange Podcast. I am Trevor Sikaba. No Connor Rogers for this mock draft episode. I know, I know you guys are so disappointed, but don't worry. We have two phenomenal guests to take his place. I shouldn't say that. Nobody takes Connor's place. To enhance what would be a terrible podcast if it was just me, we have to continue our collaborative guest mock draft series. Danny Kelly and Benjamin Solak from The Ringer here with me to go through a brand new what we would do mock draft. We're going through all the way to the first round. We're going to divide this bad boy up into three. So I'll take a pick. Daniel, take a pick. Ben will take a pick. And then we will just continue that order all the way until we get through an entire first round. Danny, Ben, thank you guys so much for doing this with me, man. I've been really looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Everything's delicious. Oh, there. I was told. I was told. I was told. I had to say it. I didn't really get like a toss, so I was like, "I'll just say it." There in the I, you know, Ben. I uh, I actually had a tee up for you, which I'm still going to do for the "Everything Is Delicious." For those who might be listening oh, for the first wow. time, Ben I and I used to do a podcast together called Locked On NFL Draft. Danny and I haven't done a podcast, although maybe we do <laughs> in a different multiverse. Danny, I don't know. Right. Right, maybe right. We, maybe we do, and our other variants are going to come yeah. in and just let us know what our intro <laughs> used to be. But we're going to have some fun on this podcast. Danny's this is mine. Be great. Danny's mine now. You can't have him. I'm up, is... I've upgraded a co-host in every category but hair. There, there was a downgrade on hair, but you had come to on. take it. Look, look. Wow. I know you're telling the truth, but you didn't have to <laughs> say it. Come on. I'm really excited to do this. <laughs> this man. is this a is. lot of fun to do on the uh, the collaborative mock draft series that we did last week with uh, with EJ and Brett. And uh, now, obviously, we get to do it with uh, with Danny and Ben here. So, fellas, first and foremost, uh, I, I just want to ask you some overall thoughts on the class. Y'all are digging into it. Ben, I saw you put out a top 40, I think, recently. Danny, yeah. you're doing all sorts of work with the Ringers NFL Draft Guide. You're doing that for months and months in advance. So, um, just y'all's thoughts on the overall class. It doesn't feel like it's the strongest class in the world, but there are certain position groups, I think, that are a lot of fun that I know we'll get into in this first mock draft. So, Danny, I'll start with you. Since yeah. you're the draft guide guy and Ben insulted me, and then I'll get to Ben's thoughts. <laughs> he kind of insulted my hair too, sort of halfway. That's true. We don't have um, to get to Ben. We need to go right to the mock. Hey! There we go. Come on. Jeez, <laughs> man. Well, I walked into that one. Um love you, Danny. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh first off, it's fun that there's good quarterbacks in this class, or at least quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. Oh, yeah. Um, so that always makes things interesting. Sounds like there's gonna be I think there will be a lot of surprises in the first round, which is always fun just because after you get past the first 10 or 15 players, maybe we say this every year, but after we get past 10 or 15 players, I do feel like this class, anything could happen. You know, I'm looking at the, from 15 through 50, there's going to be just a lot of varying opinions on players, I believe. And so I think this year more than usual, there's going to be some pretty wild and crazy stuff happening in the first round. So I'm really looking forward to that. So that's kind of like my big picture thing. It's just like anything could happen in this first round. 
Ben, you did your yeah. um, most recent, or I should say, I guess, initial big board for this class. And you said that you've pretty sure you're, you're pretty sure you've watched all the good players and you have 40 <laughs> total. So no, what is that? Oh, no, 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 no. That, that wasn't meant to be the, 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 the presentation. The reason why I had, I put out a top 40 is because that's the most people I could put into a screenshot on my laptop. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's just, it's top 40. That's what we're doing. Uh, no, the, um, I agree with DK that it's really difficult class to figure out what's going to happen. I almost tweeted out today. I was like, I feel like I know maybe what two of the first round picks are going to be. Yeah. And even then, like, I, I don't, I don't know them for sure. And they're not one and two, which is usually where you start. Like, it's just, it's very tricky to figure out how this year's dra- class goes uh, in terms of like who gets picked where the same thing is, is, is true just with the class before you start talking about picks. Like, it's just like, I, I know who my wide receiver one is, but I'm not sure I'm totally sold on it. I know like where I've ranked the corner class. I'm not sure I'm totally sold on that. Like, it's a, it's a weird class, not a lot of blue chippers. And so it's mm-hmm. a lot of, of, what measurables do you like? What flavors do you like? What roles do you have? It's, it's, it's a tough one to slog through. Yeah, no, I, I know Mike Renner, um, also from PFF, obviously, um, he's said that there's three blue chippers in this class. It's Will Anderson. I mean, he said this before the Jalen Carter off the field stuff happened, but it was, right. it was Will Anderson. It was Jalen Carter and it was B. John Robinson. He said like, those were the That's three. Got, yeah. Right. And, and you know that the first two could very well be in the top five for their talent. But then you go, okay, there's only one other blue chip talent. It's B. John Robinson. Wait, it's a running back. Right. Where do you where do you take him in this draft? And so I think that that's going to be an ultimate wild card. I'm very curious to where he goes here in our uh, in our first round mock draft. Just so I make sure that I say this, if you love these guys' analysis, which I know that you absolutely will, go check it out. Um, TheRinger.com. What did you say it was? NFL Draft? Dot the ringer. Yes. NFL draft dot the ringer dot com. Okay, I nailed it. That's where you can find all their NFL draft nailed stuff. It. And if you <laughs> like the podcast format, if you like the soothing sound of both of these gentlemen's voices, um, you can hear it on the Ringer NFL Draft Show, basically anywhere you get your podcast. So I want to make sure that I said that off the top because I'm also going to say it at the end. But I know some of you out there, once you start to hit the <laughs> outro, you leave the podcast. And that's I just gotta say, first and foremost, it's not cool. How dare you? Yeah. How dare Her. you? First and foremost, <laughs> seven minutes into the recording. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying, I'm going to keep saying first and foremost. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great bit. Like, like, all right, pick 18. First and foremost. <laughs> I got to keep it going. I got to keep it going now. So we divided this up uh, before the show started. We actually, yeah, planned the show since Connor's not here. Um, And Ben's going to have the first pick. So he's going to kick us off here. Danny's going to have the second pick. I'm going to pick third. So then what we'll do is it's not a snake draft. It'll just repeat after that. So Ben gets four, Danny gets five, I get six. Uh, We're not going to bring up the fact that I struggled to do math with adding three to five before we hit record. We're not going to bring that up, Ben. (laughs) So I will let... The draft start as of right now. You guys can follow along at home if you want to using PFS Mock Draft Simulator. Ben, that means that you are on the clock. But before you choose, my friend, and before you get into your discussion here, uh, mm-hmm. I want to remind you both that trades are available even for the oh, teams in which you are controlling wow. yourself. So you could do a trade with yourself or if you find another spot where you want to negotiate with one of us live on the podcast, you can absolutely do that. So Ben, you're up right now. Before you make your selection or before you get into it, um, I am bound by blood via a John Wick marker to ask you, my friend, how are you doing? Uh, everything's delicious. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna ask me if I wanted to trade, and I was like, "No, I just got this pick, man. I sent DJ Moore for it." No, that was the uh, setup to everything is delicious that, that I thought setup, in my yeah. head. Uh, so where are we going here, my Trevor friend? Trevor and Danny. Yeah, I'm on the. I got the Panthers on the board here at one. Mm. Uh, what does the whiteboard say behind me, fellas? It says oh. Anthony Richardson, no matter what. I, uh, I don't think the Panthers do this, but I control the Panthers. I'm taking Richardson off the board oh. at one. Uh, oh. I, I love it. Oh. Freaking Let's love it. Dig, into, were, dig into, into it, my friend. Let's hear why. Yeah. If I'm running a team, so first and foremost, first and foremost we'll start with this. Yes. If right. I'm wow. running a team, wow. uh, first and foremost, I uh, I would like to let somebody else take take Bryce Young. I think Bryce is awesome. I love his film. I think uh, he has every chance to be a really, really good pro. I don't want to put my eggs in the five foot 10, 204 pound basket. I would just like to go a different route. Again, like it's just, I don't, I don't want to play outliers. I want to play the middle of the road. I want I want to swing where I have the highest percentages. So I don't want to take Bryce. So if it's CJ Richardson and Levis, uh, I really like CJ Stroud. He grades out the highest of, of the quarterbacks for me, just like off the of film alone, mm-hmm. but the ceiling on, on Stroud's low, he's just not that high. He doesn't have that, that high of a ceiling because of a lack of mobility. And he's got good arm talent in terms of accuracy, but he doesn't have like elite arm talent in terms of pushing the ball down the field. So I'm just, I'm, I'm operating somewhere in the Dak Prescott, Jared Goff spectrum of quarterbacks. And with Richardson, I'm operating on a, on a different world of spectrums. I'm operating sure. on a different planet in terms of the, the physical ability. Uh, and so I would, I, if I have control of the draft, I'm swinging for the fences, right? If I connect on CJ Stroud, I have the third best quarterback in the NFC. If I connect on Anthony Richardson, I have the third best quarterback in the league. I, I feels like I got to go that way. Right. And so, so for the high ceiling, I like Anthony Richardson. Danny, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on Ben's analysis there, the choice yeah. to go Richardson at one. And then obviously just ushering that into you being up at the Houston Texans at number two. Yeah. So I think, it's such an interesting question in terms of like with so many young established superstar quarterbacks right now, uh, the idea of swinging for the fences versus kind of going the safer route when we're talking Richardson versus Bryce young or CJ Stroud. I think it's so interesting and it's especially interesting for AFC teams because with the majority of these young quarterbacks in the AFC, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. Burrow, for now. Herbert, right. Who knows where he'll end up, but right. Um, I think it's such an interesting question because like, do you, even if you get like, like Ben was saying, like a pretty good quarterback, is that going to be enough to push you over the top? Maybe one year, like you can, all the chips, all everything will sort of fall in place and you'll have like a really elite year, but going for, you know, the alien quarterback who can do everything and totally change the complexion of your team, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I was actually going to pick Anthony Richardson for the Texans, but then, I got sniped. Yeah, nice try, um, brother. Yeah. So <laughs> screw you. Um, and then for so that is I now I face the same question. Like, what do I do here? Because, you know, are we gonna take a guy who has a slightly lower ceiling than you know Richardson in terms of his, his overall skill set, but could still be a good player for you? I'm gonna go with CJ Stroud. There is a question here, which I think is another fascinating one, is um CJ Stroud is rep by David Mulugeta who also reps uh, Deshaun Jack or Deshaun, Deshaun uh, Watson. Watson, obviously. Yeah. And so there's like maybe potentially some bad blood there between him and the team. Can you still, can you never do business with a guy like this again? Probably not. That's not like realistic, but um, would that sort of face the text? Would that make the Texans decide to go a different route here? Who knows mm. from everything you, that you're hearing? It sounds like they really like Bryce young, but I would say just like, to be totally honest over the last couple of months, as I've dug into this class, 
I've been a little bit spooked by the size thing. I think at the beginning of the process, I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, he's so good. He's so talented. He can read the field so well. He has such good field vision. He can, you know, process so quickly that none of this is going to matter. But then as we get closer and like the actual, you know, chips go down, I think I would be a little bit spooked by taking a guy who's that small, like mm-hmm. outlier, 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 small. So if I'm yeah. making this pick, I'm taking CJ Stroud right here. And I actually ended up moving him to my QB one spot. Um, this last update, just slightly above Bryce Young, even though I love Bryce Young's game, like just this, the frame thing does actually worry me a little bit. And so that's where I am right now. Yeah. I, I think that, cause we, we just did our quarterback rankings here on the show and I, I agree with Ben after a film watch CJ Stroud had the highest film grade of any of these quarterbacks for me. But then of course, like you take in athletic ability and some intangibles and obviously some projections some ceiling, and you kind of have a different order on the big board. I have Bryce Young as my QB one. I had CJ Stroud as my QB two and I had Anthony Richardson as my QB three. Um, I said on last week's episode, I could very well have, Anthony Richardson in that same bucket as Bryce Young and CJ Stroud because they're both things that don't make them surefire prospects and it's kind of the same thing with Rich- with Richardson right a lot of people look at him they go oh the accuracy the accuracy he's got to be so much better with consistency it's like yeah okay well CJ Stroud struggled with pressure almost his entire you know collegiate career like are, are you just are we going to ignore that just because of the Georgia game and it, 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 there's reason to believe that maybe that's the version of him that you're going to get moving forward but there's still a projection there for Bryce. Obviously it's the size. Do you want to bet on an outlier like that at number one overall? It's never really happened. And so I think it's a really good point that you guys are making, but we we've never seen a mock format that started Richardson and Stroud, but that's what I love so much about, uh, about doing the, the, what we would do mock draft. Cause it's very different. So I'm up for with sure. the Arizona Cardinals at three before I make my decision here, because Richardson and Stroud being off the board is I think different than Bryce and Stroud being off the board, which we often see in mock drafts. How, what's the percentage that you think Arizona, that you guys think Arizona even makes this pick at three? Do you think it's higher than 50% or you think they're really trying to get out? No. Yeah. I was going to say like 25, 30%. I think yeah. it's, it's their job. Yeah. It's their job to be like, we'll stay and make a pick. Yeah. I love to make a pick. Right. I love picking. Pick it's great. <laughs> pick it three. Ooh, baby. However, no. I mean, no, 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 no. They, they, I would put the chance that they make this pick at, at three at like, yeah, 15, 20%. So I also agree with you. I think that it's at least less than 50%. It, they're, the, the odds are higher that they don't pick here. Who's trading up though? Right. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think Vegas is really in the conversation anymore. I think that they're going to stay put. It doesn't feel like Chris Ballard wants to even have the chance for somebody to think that they pulled a fast one on him to move up one spot to get a guy that he might have been able to get it for anyways. So why aren't the Raiders trading up? So I don't think the Raiders are trading up because the contract that they gave Jimmy G, I think, allows them to stay at seven and say, hey, if a quarterback falls to us at seven, fine. But we're not we're not really trying to move up to three to go get one because the price is probably going to be really high to move up. That's just my opinion. That's what I think. Do you not agree with that? I mean, like, I'm I would be fine with it if they stayed at seven and got a quarterback there. I don't think you're guaranteed one of the top four makes it to seven. I don't think so either. Like if the let's say like the Titans are at eleven. DJ was was Daniel Jeremiah was saying that the Titans are trying to move up eleven to three. So let's say they do it. 
let's say the Falcons have been head faking on, on Ritter. Let's say the Seahawks at five want to get in front of the Colts to go get Will Levis because they love him so much or Bryce Young because they love him so much in these, mm-hmm. in these circumstances. All of a sudden, you're little, oh, we just signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we can say it's seven plan becomes, oh, we are starting Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and that's not as, as good no a plan as it plan. sounded. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess this is a what what we would do mock. And, um, you know, if I were the Raiders, I wouldn't want to do that. I think I've talked a lot about <laughs> yeah. what I think the Raiders I, are going to do. How many picks? How many I picks have the Raiders the at seven. How many picks is it? Like a, their normal amount, right? They they're they're past the Julio trade. They don't they don't have a fourth round pick, but they have the rest of them. Yeah, What's it, who, the Titans at 11. who control who controls the Titans? Danny does. Yeah, Danny, do you have any interest in I'm moving up to number three to select the quarterback? Um, shoot, that's a tough question because. This is the what I would do thing. I right. don't think I would if I'm if I'm running the Titans, I'm not moving up. Okay. So because um, it, it doesn't yeah. sa- it doesn't sound like either of you are super in on Bryce or Levis to where I'm gonna convince either of you to move up. Am I correct in saying that? I think there's if I'm doing the the game of what I would do, like I think mm-hmm. there's a chance one of those two guys falls to me. So that's why I'm sitting I'm staying in right there. Okay. All right. Ben. I assume you're and not the Raiders at seven. And if I'm the Raiders, I'm I'm the Raiders at seven. I'm probably making the call. Okay. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. We can do it. And this then, is a, this is what we would yeah. do. Mantra. So let's see. Okay. I do Vegas I actually Vegas. send you something? What do you want? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. The draft chart number for Arizona is twenty two hundred. For the Raiders at seven, it's fifteen hundred. So it's a difference of seven hundred here. Okay, but take a future second. A future second? That's it? No, come on. Oh, we're going to see you guys try to haggle over this? No, come on, brother. Fine, take a future first. Look. Oh, future first? Yeah. I give you seven and my 2024 first, and I trade up to three, and I go get my boy. (laughs) You can't say no to that. I think that would do it. Absolutely not. Yeah, you could definitely do that. That would def that would definitely do it. But for this, I think you could get away Howard, with doing take it. Take no, it. no, 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 no. Look, look, take look, it, look. Monty Austin for rookie <laughs> newbie. All right, fine. That's yeah, you. This is Dave Ziegler. At, this is Dave Ziegler, who's the GM of the Raiders, who used to be a Patriots guy, and Monty Austin for the GM of the Cardinals, used to be with the Titans, used to be a Patriots guy. They're bros. Hey, Monty, what's up? How you been? How are the kids? Take my future first. All right, deal. Okay, All right. then then you should, because you are the team that was controlling them and you go up to three, you you make the quarterback pick yeah. at number three. Who are you taking? Yes. Okay, so remember how earlier I was like, I would not take Bryce Young. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably at this point, I'm taking Bryce Young. Because right. now, firstly, he's fallen a little bit, which is nice, right? Secondly, um, I don't know if, the Raiders are going to be that hard committed on Levis, right? Just, it seems like the Levis market is cool, save for one team, which is Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is like, yeah, the Colts really like Levis and nobody else really does. So I think Levis at four to the Colts is kind of a, something that we're seeing more and more commonly recently. Um, but I feel like if we're, if we're in the position where Bryce Young falls out of the top two, which listeners might be like, there's no way, right. It, it could never happen. I disagree. Like we're three weeks out and there I, We've still yet to get like a strong 
Panthers are leaning CJ Stroud, nor do we have, like, this is a big thing this year, nor do we have a strong, like the Texans really love Bryce Young. Like everybody's just decided Bryce Young to the Texans for months, yeah. but at no point has there been like a prominent national reporter. Like, there's been Texans, right. place, but there's never been a prominent national reporter being like the Texans are really in on Bryce Young. And so I don't, I don't think this world is actually that crazy of a world. And that's important to, uh, to, to note, but the Raiders and seven move up to three, get Bryce Young, feel like they, they get their quarterback in the future. Feel like they get a defining franchise guy. Love it. I, yeah. So obviously it's what we would do mock draft. And, and that, that means the most here. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if Josh McDaniels would pick Bryce Young, but I, I certainly right. would, if I'm the one trading up to go draft him. So, um, oh. all right. All right, Bryce Young at number three to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which, Ben, now you are on the clock with the Colts at number four because that's how, you know. Oh, this is electric. Reading. I'm going to trade all my picks out, be done by pick 10, <laughs> and now I'm going to log off. I'm going to go eat dinner. Um, okay. So, well, Raiders are casting, baby. Bryce Young. Dude, I'm taking all the quarterbacks. It's the easiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Will Levis and four is going to the Colts. I brought that up. I didn't even know. I remember I was picking for him. Oh my uh, God. This is ridiculous. Yeah. The Colts are at four. Yeah. Mathematically speaking, if they don't trade back, one of the rookies is going to be there. And organizationally speaking, if Chris Ballard doesn't draft a rookie quarterback in the first round this year, Jim Ursay is going to lock him out of the building. He's, he's giving Jamal Adams showing up to the Jets facility. He's just not going to work. All right. He's out. He's done. Uh, and so to me, like I've seen some recent swing back of like, Oh, maybe Ballard doesn't have to draft a rookie. No, he does. Like, like Jim Ursay is going to, the board's going to be four players big on, on night one. And Jim Ursay is going to be making sure it's four players big. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that they're comfortable with Levis at four. Uh, Levis, I think makes sense for the Ballard prototype in terms of being like a, a prototypical high weight speed size guy. Uh, I don't even like mind it. Like I, I think Levis has somehow weirdly become underrated in this whole quarterback discourse. I like, agree. He, yeah. Like we just ride the waves of like, he's overhyped. Yeah. He's underhyped. Like, we're we're yeah, going to end up right. 2022. In the middle, so. Yeah. 2022. Like, was it great film, but tools wise, you're like, Oh yeah, that's a first rounder. And then well, you watch I mean, 2021. You're like, Oh, like this worked. Like this worked recently. Like this yeah. in an NFL offense, we got it. His so cast, I like Levis. I like him before. His his cast last year was horrific. One of the worst offensive lines Real in the country. Bad. One of the worst receiving cores in the country. Uh, play calling, play designs were bad. Like it was yeah. never going to be good for Levis. It was just never going to be good for him. Now I will throw a wrench into this, which is really great that you're doing this, Trev. Good job as a podcast host doing this right now. Four picks in the draft. The Lamar Jackson domino could also be into this for any, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, for yeah. any of you gentlemen right. that that wish to that wish to jump in on it. Um, if you think that a team should right. like go all take in us back me. to number one, I control the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> There's an MVP quarterback on the market. Or we could just say, all right, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Obviously, we'll just kind of like let it be and see what happens after that anyway. So, all right, Will Levis, as we say many times on this podcast, you are. In Indianapolis, Cole. We've been saying it for months. We think that we're putting it in the stars here. So, yeah. Danny. We love it. We love it. Yeah. You are now up at number five with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, this is like a perfect scenario for me, I think, for the Seahawks because the Seahawks, it does feel like they're just doing the smoke and mirrors thing. They went to every pro day for all the quarterbacks, taking selfies, posted it on like their official channels, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of thousands of millions of people knowing that they're like in love with these quarterbacks. 
DK, as a Seahawks fan, I do have a quick question. Whose yeah. idea do you think that was? Big Pete Carroll walked into the office one day and was like, my granddaughter just told me about something called a selfie. And she said, if we take them with all the top <laughs> quarterbacks, people we know, like who thought this of this plan? That is an excellent question. It does feel more like Pete Carroll than John Schneider. It uh, feels like Pete. Yeah. So of course I mean, it's Pete. You got to say that. You got a picture in the background, Ben, of him standing there shirtless next to DK Metcalf. So of course it's got to be Pete. Elite yeah. moment. Exactly. Um, Wait, so do you and, have the, hold on. Do you have the urine chart behind you? The championship urine yeah, yeah. chart? I have, I have, I have, I have, I have, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like <laughs> the orange. <laughs> Trevor, I want you to know, Trevor, I want you to know, as my ex podcast co-host, I've had this board up since the beginning of the 2022, 2023 NFL season. Nobody has commented on the dry hydration chart. The first podcast we do together, you're like, is that the Tom Herman hydration chart? Which if you don't know what the Tom Herman hydration chart is, you should look up the Tom Herman hydration chart. Notice, I've never noticed that. He accuses anybody of not having like translucent pee of basically being a bad teammate. Um, I have Pete Carroll meeting DK Metcalf shirtless. I have Tom Brady holding up four fingers when he thought it was fourth down. I have Will Muschamp teaching oh the Texas God. locker room. What we call chop. Which is, yeah, exactly. I got a lot of good stuff up here. That's really good. That's really good. All right. So anyways, Danny, please. Number five. So with all the Pete Carroll shenanigans in mind, I think they don't want a quarterback, or at least they want to advertise that they could be willing to move back. However, with four guys off the board here, um, the, the fact that Will Anderson is still there has just got to be amazing for the Seahawks. This is yeah, the type of player like that it. is like perfect for them. So I'm going, I'm running, sprinting to the podium, picking Will Anderson and feeling great about it. I mean, just if, like you said, it feels like the dream, you yeah. know, they're getting a player who all things considered when you're looking at all sorts of big boards. I mean, I got to think that Will Anderson's consensus spot on, a big board is going to be like two points something. I mean, he's either going to be people's number one overall prospect, number two overall prospect, or at very worst, number three overall prospect. And the fact that that's the case, that he plays a premium position, Mm -hmm. and he he plays the position that the Seahawks are looking to upgrade the most, it just feels like it's all there. For them to get that kind of a player at number five, it's got to be a steal. Um, I'm up with the Detroit Lions now at number six. And I'm going to go back to back here because Ben traded with number seven. So I also have Cardinals elite. (laughs) Look, this is the tough question, right? What do you do with Jalen Carter? And we say all the time that the toughest part of our job is the fact that the biggest swing factor, the biggest X factor to evaluating prospects is who they are as people, right? What makes them tick between the ears when the helmet comes off or whatever it is, you know, the work ethic, the off the field, the the everything that goes into it. Jalen Carter, there are barely any question marks at all whatsoever when you turn on the film. This guy's an unbelievable player. He was my number one overall player when the season ended on my big board. And the thing is, is which organizations are going to think that they're going to get the best version of that player for an entire career. I don't know the answers to that, but I do know that he is an absolute freak of a prospect in the best way when it comes to between the whistle. So for the Lions, he's the perfect prospect that they need. He enhances their defense a ton, and he could be an absolute home run for him. So I'm going to take Jalen Carter at six. So I'm going to do that. What do y'all yeah. think? Do y'all, do y'all think that he gets out of the top 10? No. The, o- the over so. under on him right now, I want to say is like six and a half, seven and a half. So okay. we're about right where people think. Yeah. I mean, 
the most important thing with the Jalen Carter situation is this. We were all together in Indianapolis in March in the Combine when he left. Mm-hmm. We woke up one morning and Jalen Carter was gone and it was because he was going to be arrested and bailed out. And I don't know the correct technical police, police terms, but that was something was going to happen because he was involved in that reckless driving incident, which ended with a tragic, tragic loss of life. Mm-hmm. The NFL in Indianapolis at the Combine heard this and went, Oh yeah, we'll have to look into that. It's uh, that's the you know serious stuff. And then like two weeks later, he showed up to his pro day nine pounds heavier, and the NFL was like, whoa, 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 what, wait, 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 what? Which just shows you how the NFL thinks about and cares about these things, right? right. Like it, it's a sad reality of the NFL draft, but uh, off field stuff like the NFL is gonna take a lot of water over the bow to draft a really talented player. That's just the reality of of of, of this draft and and how teams view players. Yeah, no, we we. Connor and I obviously talked a, 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 a little bit about that last time that we were going through the mock draft. It felt, I, I don't know, it felt very strange. And I wish, I, I said this last week, but I, I wish if Jalen really wasn't ready to perform at Pro Day, whether it was mentally, whether it was fatigue-wise, whether it was body type, what training, whatever, if because of what he went through at the Combine in the weeks that followed – didn't allow him to be hundred percent when George's pro day rolled around. I wish somebody would have told him like, Hey man, like don't, you don't, you don't have to work out like there's because the people aren't going to have the right sort of mindset or sympathy for you when you're going through that. Like, Oh, he's exhausted. Oh, he's nine pounds heavier. Oh, he's not sure. Tra- I-, I wonder why probably because he, what we went through two weeks ago and has been dealing with that, not only the practical uh, things that he's had to deal with, but also like the mental stress of it, probably all getting to him. So a ton of mm-hmm. things that need to work out anyways, on the field, Jalen Carter is an absolute animal. If you get that, if you get that player at number six, it's a steal. Cardinals now on the clock at seven, gain an extra first round pick out of it. I will say, <laughs> um, this is what I would do mock draft. So I think I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez. That makes it's sense him, to me. It's yeah. him or Devon Witherspoon. Cause I freaking love Devon Witherspoon. Same. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stay true. I'm going to be me. You got to be me. Wow. You know, my set, my, my second grade teacher said, you know, you got to be you. And so, you know, I'm going to honor it right here. Devon Witherspoon, number seven overall to the Arizona Cardinals. They need a corner bad. Yeah, and perfect. Devon Witherspoon's tape is sick. So, where i'm going yeah he's like a he's a difference maker impact player but he's also like gonna up the intensity on the entire defense which i feel like Dude, the cardinals yes. of any team needs yes. like a tone setter um the biggest the biggest yeah. problem with this pick whether it's christian gonzalez whether it's devon witherspoon or honestly no matter who it is is you put that player on this cardinals roster and you go cool it's still bad. Like this, yeah. like the team gets no better just because of this one player. The team's only going to get better if you continue to pick three, four, five good players, and then things might change. This Cardinals roster, especially if they trade uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like it's bad. bad. Yeah, it's this really team bad. stinks. Yeah. And Kyler's probably not even going to play it all next year. At that point, what is he, two years into a monster contract? Are you looking to trade Kyler next offseason because he's not going to line up with your winning window? You know, like we've had this conversation on this show before, but you think yes? You think that they'd be into that, Ben? 100%. 
And what where, Caleb Williams at USC is the season we think Caleb Williams is going to have at USC, which is a Heisman caliber season, which is the exact season he just had last season. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. Uh, it, as the grass starts looking greener on the other side. Yeah. Cardinals start losing a lot of football games. Kyler could absolutely get on the trading block for that. All right. Anyways, I went Devon Witherspoon wow. at seven. Uh, who's up now? Ben? I'm up, I think, no, with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. See, this is where the math got me before the shot. Gosh, learn how three works, man. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> won't <Can't>. won't. <laughs> um. All right. So I got the Falcons. If they have they have needs in several different areas, they not could quarterback. Be the, if you ask them. Well, th- maybe Desmond, we do, Let's do the Lamar Jackson thing right now. Why don't we? Oh, you can. <laughs> you can. I'm trading, I'm trading for Lamar Jackson. I'm giving up this first round pick to the Ravens. Who's gonna have the Ravens? Oh, who does have the Ravens? Ben, you're the you're uh, the guy in threes. No, it's twenty two, so it's DK. Is oh, it? There we go. Perfect. Yes, it's collusion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Lamar situation is collusion, but this also. I know, dude. You can do this if you want. Wait a minute. I, I'm I'm trying to do the math here. I got eight, eleven, fourteen, seventeen, twenty. I don't have twenty two. Oh, it's not the Dolphins. The Dolphins pick. Yeah. Isn't there. Oh, I got hacked by numbers. That's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> so it's. So who's ben. after me? Ben, so you, have, ben. you have the Ravens. I have numbers that are. That yeah. Are, yeah 11, okay. Yeah. 11, so I'm giving. 14, I'm, I'm, signing, I'm signing the offer sheet. 20. I'm giving you my next two first round picks. Are you accepting that deal? I mean, I think for the sake of the Lamar's never going to play for the Ravens gang, he's very angry at them. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. You know what I mean? But, but should we yeah. do this here for the Falcons since they're they're literally never, they're not going to do it? That's my only thing. <laughs> We're going through a mock draft exercise and we can nice. give, I can give you the points. I can give you the extra credit that you would have done this. Mm-hmm. But it just seems right. like it's that's not That's the issue happen. with what think... would you do? Right, <laughs> right. I think that's fair. If I was them, I would trade for Lamar. I'd sign okay. that offer sheet, give up the okay. next two first round picks. Right. But since that's probably not going to happen, let's see here. I mean, this is this yeah. is good. It's going to break uh, Falcons fans' hearts. Like if I were in charge, we'd be trading for Lamar. We'd be loading up. We'd be winning the NFC South. But because Trevor let me do that, Peter Skaronski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Look, I, right. look. I'm a I'm a I'm a Bucks fan. You think I'm gonna let you get Lamar? Absolutely not. I'm trading for yeah, him at yeah, number right. nineteen. Collusion again. <laughs> so I'm going. I'm I'm waffling between two players here. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with Christian Gonzalez, the corner. Even though Dude. maybe that's not yeah. like their top yeah. need. Great yeah. pick. Great pick. I just think he's so good. Incredible athlete. Great length. Um, just knows how to use leverage knows how to leverage the sideline good goodish ball skills obviously he didn't really do a lot until his last season but um i don't know i think his upside is just incredible so i'm giving him christian gonzalez even though that might not be like their top need on paper i just think it's good for them ben, i think you say good pick I, I think corner two is such a huge need for the falcons and the fact that it doesn't get discussed drives me crazy Ryan Nielsen, who's a new DC, came from the Saints, where like every year it was Marshawn Lattimore and let's figure out who we can be get good over here. Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor. They had like those six games of Ken Crawley that one time, right? Like it was, they want to play a ton of man coverage. And they, right now they're not equipped to do that on the outside opposite of AJ Terrell. Uh, and then offensively, like, oh, they need, you know, more better wide receivers and, and like, oh, they can improve quarterback. Listen, 
Arthur Smith has been making offenses work for as long, not as long as I can remember, last like five, six years. But <laughs> the one he made work. Yeah, the one the one he made work last year, man. First and foremost, the with, with Tyler Algier and with Alameda <laughs> Zacchaeus and whatever. Like Arthur Smith is so good at raising the floor of an offense, and so to sure. me, like. I don't need to be spending my first round pick there. I would so much rather go Christian Gonzalez, AJ play opposite AJ Terrell. We're gonna play man coverage on 85% of the snaps. I don't have to do prep for the rest of the week. Man, man <laughs> up. We don't have yeah, to yeah. learn zone. Like it's I, I I love the pick. I do too. No, so, we 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 mock corner. God, when you when you say it like that, it sounds like you're making fun of it. No, but we project <laughs> corner a lot to the Falcons because I agree, mm-hmm. pairing Terrell with with somebody who can um, stand on their own on the outside is is a deadly combo and the more we talk about offenses trying to get as many pass catchers on the field as possible you have to talk about the other side of the coin where it's defenses are now uh required to have a lot of guys on the field who can really cover it's not just oh we've got one shutdown corner we're good to go the rest of them will figure it out there's too many good receivers on on every team so bears yeah. up at number nine obviously they traded back from um uh, number one with the carolina panthers I'm going to go with the pick that I've been gravitating towards a lot. Not sure it happens, but I think they'd be a perfect pairing. I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. here. I love Ooh. Paris Johnson's versatility. I mean, he not only played guard and tackle during his career at Ohio State, he played right guard and then left tackle. So, like, this guy <laughs> has dealt with the footwork of being on the right side of the line and the left side of the line for full seasons. And the body type, the talent, he's definitely an offensive tackle. But whatever you want to do with Braxton Jones, um, you can do. I think this allows Tevin Jenkins to kick inside full time um, where he might be better. So, if you want to keep Braxton Jones at left tackle, if you want to be comfortable with that, I think that Paris Johnson Jr. can be a great right tackle as well, or you could flip it however you think that you're getting your best five out there. So all of a sudden, I think the Chicago Bears offensive line looks a lot better than it used to with Paris Johnson Jr. So I'm going to go with him as offensive tackle one mm-hmm. at uh, number nine. I'm, I'm, I had the Eagles at 10. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm I'm happy to take a trade back. And so if you guys have teams <laughs> below that want a Tyree Wilson, who's fallen right now, uh, he's available at 10. They want a uh, a Bijan Robinson, who, in my opinion, is like falling right now. But I know, you know, whatever. It's a running back thing. Um, if anyone wants to move up, come get the top wide receiver. Yeah. Anybody? No. Okay. I think well, if I'm moving up for anybody, it would be either Nolan Smith. Joey Porter Jr. Nolan and Deontay S- Banks. Nolan Smith ain't getting past 10, brother. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Come get your boy. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm if I'm moving up for anybody, I think I'm moving up for either Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr., or Nolan Smith. That's it. Yeah. There's, there's no quarterbacks left. So, like, Washington moving up, Bucks moving up. Like, I don't think that's not happening. Would... Nobody's nobody's that crazy about Hen Hooker, right? Okay. No. If nobody's moving up, I can make the pick. I'm not yeah, moving up for anybody could, but a quarterback in the all you the could, quarterbacks you could, are gone. you could probably make the pick here. Ah, uh-huh, that's very sad because I don't want to. Um you tried yeah. though. Well yeah, I, hold on. Oh your podcast, buddy. This dead air is on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the I don't control the Jets. You actually do, Ben. I was thinking about the Jets. I think the Jets might be in a spot where, first and foremost, I don't think they're moving 13 for Aaron Rodgers. It's I, I, I do not think mm, it's happening. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. I agree. So at that point, you're getting Rodgers for something that's not 13. You have to make sure the offensive line is as good as it can be, at least for next year. Maybe you're getting Rodgers for two years. I don't know. Probably not. But like, that's where my mind goes. Either them at 13 or the Patriots at 14, because the Patriots also need an offensive tackle and the Titans need an offensive tackle. Maybe the Texans would draft an offensive lineman and the Jets are also going to draft an offensive lineman. So the Patriots would almost have to move up for desperation. But is Belichick going to move up? Because it's not really his thing. And there's also, there's so many tackles left, right? Only Paris Johnson's gone off the board. So Peter Skronsky's left. Broderick Jones is left. Dewan Jones is left. Anton Harris yeah. is left. Like, there's so yeah. many guys. Yeah. I think it's, the Eagles make the pick. have the pick here at 10. Yeah. yeah. We talked um, about Would you be trying to move back? But you couldn't. Uh, the Eagles are not taking B. John Robinson here. Like, I would, but I won't do that for the sake of realism because there's no chance, snowball's chance in hell <laughs> that they take him. Dude, so what, uh, you, it's what, it's, yeah. Yeah, but so what you would do, Mock, and this doesn't derail everything. But the last time we tried to do that, you were like, no, 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 no. Okay, so I, I kind of, I kind of just vetoed the Lamar thing because it's, it's quite literally public that there, that this just has no chance of happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, the Eagles not taking Bijan is as close to public as it can be. Look at <laughs> Google Howie Roseman Wikipedia. Look at his background. We're good. We, we, yeah, it's public. All right. We know. I, I would certainly allow you to pick Bijan here. And I think that that would still okay. uphold the mock draft exercise. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm going to take Joey Porter Jr. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah i think man, man the out Eagles here told me that spot. nolan smith isn't moving past 10 and he doesn't take nolan smith just i was a, trying to straight, get a just trade just a liar okay? just such a liar i'm trying to generate trade um on my board i have keely ringo ranked higher um but mm-hmm. I, again like for the sake of i think keeping it within within the realm of reality i don't see him going that early okay. porter jr though is an extremely likable corner he and deontay banks were neck and neck on my board uh and, and for the sake of the eagles i think they prefer porter jr to banks um the uh uh the corner situation in Philadelphia got handled, right? Both James Bradbury and Darius Slay were like not going to be Eagles there for a second. And then they both came back, which is great. Um, but they're both over 30 and the Eagles have no outside corner depth. The biggest best kept secret of the Eagles entire Super Bowl run was if one of their 30 year old corners went down, they had Zach McPherson and Josh Joby coming in. And those are like, didn't win anybody, anything about these guys. Uh, you haven't seen Harry Roseman draft a lot of early corners in his career, but it's still a premium position. And, mm-hmm. and I think the Porter Jr. is a lovely little developmental guy. Obviously, he's great. He can play right now. He's got the length. He can play man coverage. But he does need some polishing around some rough edges just because he's super grabby, gets a lot of penalties. Uh, so to me, that, that's just like a solid pick at 10. All right. So we're going Joey Porter Jr. for the Eagles at number 10. A lot of good discourse there. Danny, you mm. are up now with the Titans at 11. All right. So Titans. Mm-hmm. Here's 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 how I'm thinking about this. I'm trying not to be the next GM that gets fired because Mike Vrabel has a power struggle. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to pick a player that he wants. Of course. Is the deal. That's also it, another reason I did not trade up with Bryce Young in mind because I don't know what Vrabel would think of that. He likes big guys, I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah. So he, he likes the talls, as Justice yeah. Mosqueda, I think, would say. So let's see the Titans sitting there at 11. They could literally go in any different direction. Um, I don't know. Tyree Wilson's still there. That he is. Yeah. I kind of feel like he's just like a good pick for them. He feels like a Tennessee Titan to me. So let's do this. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Big man. You're right. He's absolutely, you know, that, you know, that Mike Brable was holding the pads from at the pro day, felt the thump. Maybe he didn't work out (laughs) the pro day, but in this world, felt the thumb when, yeah, buddy, we're good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he's got some versatility. You know, he's a big physical dude, huge, huge wingspan, uh, you know, trenches. I don't think there's any problem with this. I don't know. I just like that for him. I think he would really like that kind of guy. I like that kind of player. Um, the Titans have needs across the board. I, I was thinking about giving him a receiver. I think about giving him offensive line. Um, but if this case, if, if Wilson's still there at, at 11, I think they would be stoked with that pick. Yeah, I, I think that certainly if Tyree Wilson makes it to 11, he's probably their guy. I, yeah. I can't really imagine a draft board in which they would have somebody ranked higher. Maybe mm-hmm. Paris Johnson Jr., maybe Broderick Jones, but those are basically the only two guys. Because I'm like Jalen Carter getting to 11, I mean, that's a different story. Oh my gosh, Jalen Carter next to Jeffrey Simmons oh, wow. uh, would be healthy. But yeah, um, Will Anderson obviously not making it down that far. So this is this is a solid pick, not just from a talent perspective, but also because I I agree with you. I think that they would uh, they would love Tyree Wilson. So that puts me on the clock with the Houston Texans. Danny so kindly got me my franchise quarterback at number two with C.J. Stroud. <laughs> This is like where one G like the GM gets a pick and then the coach gets a pick. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> that everybody <laughs> yeah, feels good. This is good. Yeah. This is good. All right. So woof that wide receiver room. Do it. Robert Woods, Noah Brown, Bunch Nico of Collins, Amari Rogers, John Mechie the third, Steven Sims. All right. Do so it. this this one's either Quinn Johnston for me or Nolan Smith. Because mm. they also got no juice at pass rusher right now. All due respect to Gator Gray, John Grenard. John Grenard, baby. Yeah. Like Who I like. Five and I like a half John. sacks. I, I like John Grenard. But. Or would they pick Jackson Smith and Jigba? Or would I pick Jackson Smith and Jigba? Pair him back with CJ Stroud. Let's do it, folks. Oh, oh. yeah, that's oh, a brilliant. I forgot about that. Do that's it. Sick. That's sick. I was thinking Quinn Johnston until then. I was like, all right, yeah. I, I know. know. You know, I thought of it late too. CJ Stroud, because this will up the confidence a little bit. Then he's got the security blanket right there. We're talking 1,900 yards in his first season. Pay attention, Ben, for the prop bets going into the year. 1900 you heard me you heard me <laughs> he's gonna calvin johnson as a rookie <laughs> we're oh gonna forget God. calvin johnson's name after this next season ben <laughs> Mega who? ben's face oh my god that was classic <laughs> did you say yards are we uh, this is like the metric system is this kilometers <laughs> I, mean, the, when he meters? said it my head, when he said it, my head went, this guy can't add three to numbers. There's no way he knows what 1900 means. Oh, that was good. I've also done a podcast with Ben long enough to know that I'll say shit and he will already be on to the next like thing. And <laughs> he will like, keep going. I got the Jets in 13. I'm checking depth charts. I'm looking at multi-year summary on spot track, bro. This yeah. is podcasting. <laughs> it's good to be back. That puts you up at number 13. Nineteen hundred Jets. <laughs> I'm on my multi-year summary. Okay, um, the Jets have Dwayne Brown in the building, uh, who they gave a, a massive contract to, and they have Void years on it. They have Elijah Vera Tucker, who can play tackle on the outside. They have Makai Becton, who is an early draft pick, who looks great. Instagram photos are popping. <clears throat> Quality of play and health remains a question. They have Max Mitchell, who they drafted last year. They like a lot. They have a lot of guys that tackle. 
but still question marks because right. you have aging player, early drafted player who's been up and down so far. You have Taku who's been way better at guard, not way better, but he's been like a all pro pro bowl level talent at guard. Uh, to me, this seems like a Peter Skaronsky team. Uh, mm. If he makes it down to 13, the like the measurables might be tough for Douglas and the arm length might just take Skaronsky off the board. But for me, I'm looking at a player who could be a really, really high level guard in the same way that Elijah Vera Tucker could be a really, really high level guard. Uh, but has the ability to play outside a tackle, which means if I have to endure again what I endured last year, which was inconsistency of the position, carousel of injuries. Well, I have a guy who I know, all right, in camp, I bring him in, stick him at left guard. All right, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're going to fight with Lakin Tomlinson for this job. You're going to play right guard, whatever. Like, I, I might be trying to play him on the interior, but I know if I have to play him at tackle, he was a really, really good college tackle. So it a little bit, a little bit doesn't fully solve the problem. It just kind of introduces a new option to it, and you really have to trust your offensive coaching staff to handle it. But the versatility of Skronsky, I think, is really valuable in a team where right now there's a lot of like, we think he will be this. We think Dwayne Brown's going to be good for the next couple of years. We think Max Mitchell could be a starter for us, but there's not a lot of certainty. So uh, Skronsky at right tackle, I think, is probably where I want to start. I'm very tempted to take Darnell Wright and just plug and chug at right tackle, but I mm. feel like there's enough uncertainty that Skronsky is a safer pick. Yeah, Skaronski's just got such a high floor and such a good player. Such and, a good player. Yeah. And look, that you know, the Jets already the Jets already have that versatility with Elijah Vera Tucker, right? Uh, I mean, as you're kind of going through the offensive line there, like he's somebody who has guard tackle versatility to him. And if you get another player who has that guard tackle versatility, like let's say worst case scenario, the exactly. two offensive tackle options are gone. Then all of a sudden you just kick both of those guys out the tackle. You can replace them on the interior a lot easier than you can replace them. Um on the outside. So I, I like that strategy a lot. I think that's a really great pick. DK, you're up at uh at 14 with the Patriots. Hmm. Picking for the picking for the Patriots is always just a conundrum. I it feel is like indeed. it is indeed. Um I think they could still use a tackle, get a little bit old on the offensive line there. Mm-hmm. Um obviously they could use a receiver. I don't know if you know I want to go down that route with them just because they consistently suck at picking receivers. <laughs> Yeah, but you're in control now. Uh, that's true. That's true. You're cashing you're the man. You know who the good receivers are. <laughs> Do you? Oh yeah, I, I know. Does I, I for sure know. Um, yeah. I probably would have picked Skaronsky if he was still there, but um, yeah, got, got yeah, sniped again. Yeah, got sniped. <laughs> got John Wick. All right, I'm gonna finally. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a receiver here, just because I think going into the season. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. They got last year's second round of Tequan Thornton, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they need a little bit of help at that spot in particular. I think it's going to help Mac Jones. If I'm the coach there, I want to get more help for Mac Jones. And I'm going to go Zay Flowers at this spot. Um, Boston College doesn't have to go very far. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know Moving for sure. Costs. This is Belichick. Look, we brought that up on last week's podcast. The moving costs very small <laughs> right you get you call you hire like the two college hunks moving or whatever the company's called right. you throw it all in the yeah. back of a truck get them um, on down I, yeah. here but i like this he gives him a little juice i think he yeah. can play both inside and on the outside he played primarily on the outside um he plays bigger than he is i don't know just i just want to get help for mac jones if if this offense is going to get back on track we're going to have we're going to see Mac Jones be anything close to what he looked like as a rookie, like the promising up- upward trajectory that he showed back then. Um, 
you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. So that's what I'm going to go with here, right? Just get him a, another playmaker that he can throw the football to. I, I I love the Zay Jones fit with Bill O'Brien. Like I I, I and I love his fit Zay with the Patriots Jones. as well. Zay Flowers leaving the Jaguars. <laughs> Zay Flowers uh, in that Patriot system. Um, I really do think that we're talking about like at least 1,950 receiving yards from <laughs> from Zay Flowers. <laughs> I will not react. Don't react to bullies. It's what they want. That puts me up with the Packers at number 15. All right. I'm assuming the Aaron Rodgers is gone. That's a good option. Yeah. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Dubs. Dubs. Depending on, you know, True. which, whether you're in the Eastern hemisphere, or Western hemisphere, yeah. Dubs or Dobbs. Marcedes Lewis is the only tight end. Uh, excuse you. Josiah DeGuar is there. Josiah Bearcats. See a tight end or like a like an H back. You know. Yeah. Wait, I, Mercedes Lewis is gone, isn't he? Oh right, he's not even fully back. It's just Josiah Deguara, him and Tyler <laughs> Davis hanging out. Oh man, this is why uh, fans are so pissed at mock drafters for putting a tight end at that spot every single mock draft for the Packers. Yeah. It's just They're not. Just a, sick of I, it. I don't really know. I don't know where else they'd go. Yeah. Well, is there a Georgia defender that they can pick here? Either Ringo. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> Nolan. Oh yeah, oh, Nolan's that, here. That actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, and Nolan kind of does make sense. Because I mean, they like their edges. Is, is Preston thirty or thirty-one? He's thirty. Yeah. They like but their think, edges to be way bigger, though. I know. That's like, true. No, like the, the power yes. If they were going to pick one, it'd be Van Ness. That uh, actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of it sense. It makes a lot of sense. I hate it. I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't do it. I think Van Ness is getting overvalued in this class. But did you guys like yeah, Gary? Rashawn Gary coming out? Uh, he, was, I didn't, he was a traitsy fella. Yeah. yeah, I didn't love him. Same. Obviously, I I thought the ceiling was super high, but I didn't know mm. if he'd reach it. He's obviously mm-hmm. sick now. He's definitely hitting yeah. the ceiling, but I think he's kind of got some Van Ness esqueness. Van Ness esque. Oh, wow. He's Van Ness esque. Van Van- he's Van Eskis. <laughs> All right, I'm going with Darnell Washington. To- there we go. Damn it. That's Whoa. A That's a really fun one. Big fella. Yeah, we're going Darnell Washington. Love Darnell Washington. Listeners of the podcast know my thoughts. Sixth offensive lineman when you get him in line and you're asking him to block, and he is. Uh, way too athletic to be that big. Uh, and obviously with him playing behind Brock Bowers, look, I don't think it's as much of people saying, if you put Darnell Washington on any other team in the country, he'd be a thousand yard receiver. I don't think that, like, I don't think that he has that quite, uh, that type of a receiver profile to him, but I do think that he get utilized more certainly in an offense where he's not competing with Brock Bowers for tight end targets. So, uh, I, I still think he could be a really useful wide receiver. Certainly if you're emphasizing a lot of his reps and a lot of his practice, a lot of his improvement in the red zone, that'll give you enough benefit. Anyways, we talked about the lack of tight ends on the roster. So, uh, Darnell Washington, 15 overall to the Packers. So Ben, you're up with the Washington commanders. All right. Washington commanders starting left tackle. Charles Leno, indeed, 31 years old. <laughs> Starting guard, Andrew Norwell, 31 years old. Mm. <laughs> Starting center, Chase Roulier. I think he's like late 20s, right? He was Josh Allen center at Wyoming. He's, 29. So he's still fine. Yeah. 29, right. Andrew Wiley, 
big contract to play tackle from the Chiefs. Want to guess how old Andrew Wiley is? I just looked. Well, I, I look it up. It's 28. Uh, <laughs> how, 28? I would have guessed, oh, guessed, okay. guessed 27. I would have guessed older. He'll turn 29. He'll turn 29 before the season starts. Yeah. There you go. All right. This is really tricky because to me, like this is such a clear Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, send it home pick. Oh yeah. I I don't want to be trusting Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates, who is their big free agent addition at guard to be like the guy solving the line, (laughs) but they picked him. They, they got him in free agency. So I'm not sure they're going to feel like they need to make this pick along the line. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they could go. Where, they don't need corner. They I mean, don't need they wide do receiver. Need, they do need corner. Huh. St. Juice Fuller? But yeah, I mean. All right. If anybody they need a nickel, I don't think DeAndre I've Banks mocked, I've mocked corners to them in the past. I think Banks is a starter. If you draft I him. love Banks. Banks is so good. I know he is. No, I think the low, I think, low I think moving the costs move. if you do that. Okay. It's true, dude. Low moving cost. <laughs> this is the low moving cost draft. Yeah. Now, I think I'm taking it's I'm taking ball. Broderick Jones, the tackle, the tackle okay. from the the uh, from Georgia here at 16. I think he can play tackle. I think he can replace Leno at left tackle as Leno gets older. I think he can compete with compete with Wiley for the starting right tackle job. Which, like, again, like I understand they gave Wiley that money. I just can't fully get my head around that. And Broderick Jones is not the sort of like six six. 305 pound bill that like only works at tackle. You can mm-hmm. probably play him at guard. He is like a thicker squattier guy. If you feel like you need to get him on the field while your tackle situation is handled. I just think that they, they can, they need continued help on the offensive line. I don't think they can be committed to Leno Norwell Gates and Andrew Wiley. Like that just to me is like a terrifying, like Sam Cosme. Like it's just a, such a scary worrisome group in terms of, of the fragility of it all. So I'm taking Project Jones. I'm saying the trenches and being safe. All right, there we go. Bro, Derek Jones to the Washington at number 16. DK, you're up with the Steelers at 17. All right. So my first thought, my my mind goes to tackle here just to uh, try and help out. Yeah. Can he pick it a little bit? Um, Steelers fans tell me that the motto this offseason is build the picket fence <laughs> to improve the offensive line in front of them. I like that. I um, like that. I can dig it. I can dig it. There's a number of tackles still available. Dewan Jones is out there. He kind of feels stealery just because he's a massive, massive fella. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who I, like I think just fits like the personality of the Steelers. You know, he's kind of a brawler, kind of a bruiser. Um, really good. Really, really good in the run game. I think that will help them a lot. Um, and he could be like a plug and play right tackle for them. So I'm, I'm going with Darnell Wright. All right, that puts me up with the Lions at 18. I had the Lions at six. I gave them Jalen Carter. Good day mm-hmm. in the office, man. Right. Mm. Could this be where Bijan goes? Bijan. Mm. No, because they spent all that money on David Montgomery. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So they got Montgomery. They have DeAndre Swift. I mean, sure, they could pick Bijan. I don't think they will, and <laughs> I'm not making that pick here. Lions fans get super mad at me when I draft a tight end for them because they're burned from the uh, TJ Hawkinson handling. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Quentin Johnston because that would then give them a wide receiver trio of Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Quentin Johnston with Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones Jr. behind him. 
Yeah, like pretty, getting, getting the big receiver. Getting the big I'm receiver, I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. So if, look, Lions fans, I know you're mad at me last week, but now I come back to you with Jalen Carter and Quinn Johnson. If that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. <laughs> ben, you're up with the Bucks at 19. Don't blow it. Who do you want? Uh, Anthony Richardson. Sucks to suck, Chief. Who do you want? <laughs> uh, did yeah, no one, about got him. Did Nolan Smith get picked yet? No, he didn't. God, no. he's such a Nolan. Buck. So it's either Nolan Nolan's or Anton, there. Anton Harrison, honestly. Both the, tight end, both the tight ends are there. You don't want tight end? I was thinking Mayer. If if they if they picked Michael Mayer over Anton Harrison, I'd be I'd be legitimately mad. There's <laughs> right. no so, there's uh, who who plays left tackle for this team right now. Great question. No li, no one. There are they is not no moving worse? Are they not moving Mick? worse? Yeah, but if they Mick the thing is that Leverett. if they move worse, then who plays right tackle? It's <laughs> Nick Leverett. Uh, Nick Leverett. <laughs> is technically uh yeah 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 he's you made he that does, name up who he is, does play who's the kid he, from jmu stinny aaron stinny right. yeah aaron stinny yeah he he is also a professional football player he is never heard of him i don't think I either will. of those guys can start a left tackle who's available on my tackle board it's anton harrison that's pretty much it right uh dewan jones dewan yeah. has he he has no experience sense. at the left tackle spot though right no but the, here's the thing Interesting works is good enough to play left tackle. Mm -hmm. And they're also, they have come out, like Jason Light has come out and said, we have talked about moving Werfs to left before. So it's not, it's not a massive out of the question thing, even though he hasn't done it before. I kind of like Werfs at left and Dewan Jones at right. Lord yeah. Jesus. Here's why I'm taking Dewan Jones and I'll tell you why. Because Dewan. Jones needs a year and the Bucks need a year. And so we got a good situation here. The whole goal in thing. Tampa, right, is going to be, yeah, like get into 2024 season with some money, with some picks. Like I was thinking about like, like offering tradebacks, if anybody want tradebacks, uh, and, and with some young guys developing up. And Dewan Jones is that dude who like, I really liked Jones when I first watched him because like the traits are really, really, really high end. Like this is like a 90th, 95th percentile guy. But the more I watched him, the more I was like, ah, like there's, there's just, he's got to figure out how to play his frame a little bit more. He's got, he probably has to settle on, on a play that's a little bit lighter, to be honest. Uh, and that is something that takes time. And so I like Dewan Jones to the Bucks because I like the Bucks as a team to spend the year recouping and recover, recuperating from the, the the Brady era, and I think Jones would really benefit from that. <laughs> just nah, taking the taking a gap year, going to Australia. Yeah, you know, doing <laughs> some traveling. Just ha just hanging out in France, <laughs> rejuvenating, sitting on, the, sitting on the steps of the soccer cur. You know, not nah, right. Mayfield. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, my bad. If Kyle right. Trask starts in Week One, I have to wear all denim. Wait, what? <laughs> is, this you, is this a you and Steven bet? No, it's me and Shield bet. I make a lot of bets on podcasts. Man. I know you, you do. You got to make a list. Let's let's keep this list public. So too. you're wearing you're gonna wear a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, if... I don't own any jeans because I hate denim. And oh. so I told Shield if Kyle Trask starts in week one, then I'll wear all denim. So you're, you're gonna be anyway. Fine. Big Baker Mayfield fan. You're gonna you're yep. gonna be fine. Uh, Danny, I did not do the math quickly enough to realize that you picked twice for the Seahawks. This is incredible. Incredible series of events. Yes. I have the pick of the litter here. There's so many guys that I really want for the Seahawks. Um, oh, I know who I'd be taking here. And for you got sure, Will Anderson sure, in sure. hand because you picked him at five. Never got, mind. I, I was going to say Nolan Smith. I forgot I, that he was the Seahawks dude, pick. That's good podcasting. 
I honestly wouldn't put it past the Seahawks to take two edges right here. Like they'd basically just be saying F you to Arnold and Bikati, right? Or no, boy, boy, Mafe. They took Mafe, not Bikati. Yeah, and he he like he didn't <laughs> really do a place whole lot. a long distance phone call to say F you to Arnold and Bikati. <laughs> they just they just pick up the phone, tell him F you, and then hang up the phone. This yeah, is like Fontenot, the, put Arnold on the phone. <laughs> the one that got the one that got away. He's like they're like drunk dialing him because they you know, um, honestly like. I almost accidentally did that, Ben, and took Nolan Smith after I took Will Anderson. I still think it's like actually reasonable that they would do that. Um, yeah. I don't um, know. Here's here's the deal. Here's here's why I think it would be fine. The Seahawks, the year that they won the Super Bowl back in 2013, mm-hmm. they had like an incredible rotation on the defensive line. They they went out and signed Cliff Averill. They got Michael Bennett. They had a couple other guys that they like rotate in and out. Um, and having that depth and that like pass rush potential is so crucial. Obviously, Ben, you know from from Philly, like it's such a big important thing. And the Seahawks, more than anything, need to improve on the defensive line. Is it realistic that they'll take two edge players? Maybe not, but I'm taking Nolan Smith. I oh, think wow. he is I think he's the perfect Seahawk too. Like extremely explosive, like one of the most explosive edge rushers ever. He's a little bit undersized, but that's fine for the Seahawks, I believe. Um and just like in terms of character, leadership, grit, want to, you know, I think he fits that perfectly. So it is maybe a little bit weird to take Will Anderson and Nolan Smith, considering they play kind of like a similar role in the defense. But I think I think Anderson could play like the strong side and be fine. Um, or they could just rotate mm-hmm. and be fine. Like they'll f- figure out ways to get these two guys on the field. You put Will Anderson inside the tackle, put Uchen and Wosu on his side, and put Nolan Smith as a weak side rusher. You got a stew going, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the new you NASCAR. Give up runs to the interior. Same way, but still. I mean, it'd yeah. be sick. It would be sick to see. So Nuosu and uh Darrell Taylor both are in the last years of their contract. I just looked it up. So yeah. well, Darrell um, Taylor, like sure, but I mean, like, he's still a scheduled starter, right? I mean, I like, can't just totally write it off. I think it's it's within the realm of cost, <laughs> okay. really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For everybody watching on YouTube, you can see Ben's reaction. To that, <laughs> I missed it. What, what? What's your reaction? I just, I just made a little, little stank face and just nah. <laughs> move along. Keep it moving. All right, that puts me up with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Just kidding. They tried to steal Tom Brady away wow. from Tampa so they don't get a first round pick. That's what you get. Got him. That's what you wow. get. Harsh. Got him. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers up at number twenty one. This is. Very often a Zay Flowers spot. Zay Flowers is off the board. Uh, this is also potential Quentin Johnson spot. Quentin Johnson off the board. I don't mind Van Ness here now. I know he I'd be taken because he gets to sit behind. Because uh, he gets to sit behind Bosa Joey. and yeah, Cologne Mack. I also don't hate Miles Murphy here. I uh, Miles Murphy getting top 10 hype, top five hype was way too much. But now I do think we're yes. swaying in too far in the wrong direction. Like, I, I do think that Miles Murphy can be good. He's just right. not somebody who you're going to play right away and you're going to get a ton of pass rush production. But again, him sitting behind Bosa and Mac could be nice. If JC Jackson can't bounce back, they need corner. You know, JC's got a major knee injury. It wasn't playing that well beforehand. I know. It's it's it, it's that's a tough ask. I think I'm gonna go Banks here. 
No. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me let so me check. just trolling. Let me let me check the depth yeah. chart. Who were were you going to pick up for the Ravens? Yeah, Ravens are picking at twenty two. They were trying to sign Darius Slay. Marcus Peters' last leg was two years ago. You can't even be charitably <laughs> called as on his last legs. Uh, they DeAndre Banks falling to the Ravens is like an insane pick if they get it. I think that's such a good mid round pairing. The play style makes sense. The temperament makes sense. Not a far drive. <laughs> Moving yeah. costs. There we go. It's important. Ah, yeah. uh, devastated. I, well, I didn't officially pick it. Unless, did you click it on your screen? Because you can't go back. No, I didn't click it on my screen. I'm good. I made that mistake when you picked Devon, Devon Witherspoon instead of Christian Gonzalez, and then I had to adjust it. <laughs> I could also pick Dalton Kincaid here, which I wouldn't hate. Yeah, you could, and you should. Ooh, that's a fun one. Because then he could basically be a receiver for you, right? Also, if you lose Gerald Everett after next year, you're good to go. You're cool. You're chilling. You're big chilling. I still think they'd pick Banks. You can take them. I have generated a backup plan. Shit, I'd take Banks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Banks. It's a what you would do, Mock. I'm taking Deontay yeah. Banks. Not good football sad. player. Great football player. I love Banks so much. I like. I, I almost took him at ten for the Eagles instead of Joey Porter Jr. He lasts another eleven picks. It's crazy. One of one of the best um, coverage players in this draft. In yeah. my opinion, and like well-rounded, great athleticism, like beautiful, great, strong profile. I love him to yeah. death. Twenty-two Ravens. Um, again, like I'd be happy with Keely Ringo here. I like Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. I would take him here. Like, there's corners that I think. Again, like me running the team that I would take and like I'd be fine with. I just don't think we're going to see that happen at this stage. Besides that, like they've been floating around wide receivers. They have to get a better receiver corner now. They have Todd Monken in the building, and like mm-hmm. now they care about throwing the football again. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at at uh, that depth chart, Nelson Aguilar, excuse me, look at that depth chart, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. Right now, you're just not in a place where I think you have the star power that's that's necessary. Uh, I could see this team being a Jordan Addison team. And I think that this range is probably where, where we started to talk about Addison. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think they really would like a Zay Flowers, uh, but Zay's already off the board. Right. Um, so to me, for the sake of, of reinvigorating the offense, either in the late Lamar era or because they have a new quarterback coming in and this receiver room has just been so neglected for a few years, um, I'm happy to, to, to force and take Addison. I, the Ravens tend to like really high measurable players. Not Jordan. No. Uh, but that's the nature of this receiver <laughs> class is if you want high measurable players, you can wait till round four, Tiger. Because they ain't anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is not a big class. Uh, so I think they swallow the pill. Take the Bolitnikoff award winner outside of the top 20. <laughs> Damn it. Such a, t- such a tough one there. All right. So Addison goes off the board at 22. You talking about some different prospects um, got me kind of excited because I as we kind of get to the end of the second round or the first round here, as it is a what you would do mock draft. We saw this last week when we were okay, doing it with guys. Brett and EJ. We get a lot of uh, we get a lot of players who this is where we really get to see if you guys are higher on a lot of these other prospects and other people if you if you sneak them in here. So um Jordan Addison going 22 to the Baltimore Ravens. DK, you were up at 23 with the Vikings. I think this is a Miles Murphy spot. Okay. This is I think it'd be to me yeah. it's coming down, it's coming down to Van Ness versus Murphy. Oh, um, 
<laughs> and I, I like just, I, I clicked which... it again. I clicked that. I forgot I shouldn't click it. <laughs> it's all um, right. As long as uh as long as you mentally remember. Yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, you know, I'm with you guys in, in terms of Murphy. I think he's his get off is his first step is really really quick, explosive. He has the frame. He's like the prototypical frame. Um he just didn't finish as much. It kind of just left you wanting a little bit more in terms of like his full pass rush package but i think he's he's got the potential to really develop and and to me he just feels like this is a good spot to gra- to draft a player like him in the later part of the first round um develop him he's gonna be a good part of that rotation you know i think with that front office edge premium position it makes a lot of sense yeah um so yeah i'm going with miles murphy i think van ness could be an option here too but yeah I would I would say that I'd say like bigger defensive linemen I think could definitely be on the board for them because I, I don't think that Miles Murphy is going to play nose for you but I think Miles Murphy is big enough in their three four to be able to play either defensive end spot and then I also think that you can use him as a stand up linebacker every now and then if you're really trying to switch things up I know they still have Zedarius they obviously have Daniel Hunter they signed Marcus Davenport but again like if you throw a Miles Murphy into this group. This is a this is all of a sudden a really nice and deep rotation that they have amongst a lot of different spots. So ton of versatility yeah. there with Miles Murphy. And like you said, this would be an environment where you don't have to rely on him to be like a major pass rusher for you in year one. And you right. can kind of figure it out as you get some contract flexibility. So uh that puts me up with the Jacksonville Jags at number 24. This one's extremely easy for me. <laughs> Brian Branch, one of my favorite football players in this class. And they need an upgraded nickel corner. So, Brian Branch, I mean. sold by the Andrew Wingard, Rashad, uh, Rayshon Jenkins safety room. Not doing it for you. This is Andre Cisco slander, (laughs) and I uh, won't stand for it. Oh, Andre, that is true. I, I urban mired. I'm sorry. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I think that Brian Branch, he's a, he's prim- oh, yeah. who, 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 yeah, I, think, I think he, I think he, I, I think he took snaps today. Did he took more snaps in this game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cisco, is he a drag? Is he a college kid? What are you talking about? Oh, he's yeah, on our team. Oh, he's on the I don't know Love this man. <laughs> Urban asked the reporter, well, how'd he look? You tell me. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take Brian Branch here. He can do everything for you. He can play a little bit of safety. He's primarily going to be a nickel defender, but he's uh, so smart, so savvy. One of the most reliable tacklers that we have um, in this defensive back group. I mean, I think the guy missed three tackles in like three years that we have in our in our database. So pretty wild. Anyways, Brian Branch, he's a perfect pick here at number 24. You don't get many players that, as DK said, at number five with Will Anderson and the Seahawks that you could run it in, like sprint it in. You don't get that many opportunities at number 24 in the draft. And if Brian Branch is still there, I feel like that's exactly what the Jags are going to do. So, uh, Ben, you are now up with the New York football Giants. As we are in go get your guys territory. I am thrilled by this nice. opportunity to go, go get my guy. Drew Sanders, linebacker at Arkansas. <laughs> oh, oh, I love this kid. Oh. I, 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 this linebacker class is dreadful uh i i am out <laughs> on most of the guys that people are like fairly in on uh but the one to me the one saving grace is drew sanders uh six jack, four this is jack campbell erasure i don't get the campbell hype at all <laughs> oh man. come on brother Cam- iowa campbell is the best tackler iowa good <laughs> explosive drills 
Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> yep. When football happens, when, when they change football to be played exclusively in a three-yard by three-yard box, Jack Campbell's going to be the next Brian Urlacher. Until then, uh, the thing about Drew Sanders, though, 6'3", 240, mm-hmm. and can fly. He's, he's an ex-edge at Alabama. He's got legit pass rush ability. And put him on the Giants. Obviously, they, they gave the big contract to Bobby Okereke, but this was a really, really rough linebacker room last year. Uh, Sanders' size is going to be really beneficial to them because they tried to get size in the building last year and, and struggled in that regard. Uh, and his speed is going to be really beneficial to them. They're going to be able to play him on the outside, put him in blitz positions, right, where he, he can pretend to be aggressive, right? This is a Don Martindale defense, right? This is a defense that wants to be able to put guys on the line as if they're going to blitz and then drop them. That's Sanders' <clears throat> best role in the NFL. Is to stand is to play, you know, play the Michael Parsons role at first and ten. Okay, middle linebacker. But once they're getting a pass down, stand up on the edge, rush a lot of the time, be successful, drop in coverage a lot of the time, be successful. Uh to me, it's a perfect fit, a position I need. I love Sanders for the Giants. Don't don't call him Don. Don't call him Don Martindale. Don Wink Martindale. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank top you. top one experience of Indianapolis this year was seeing all the other coaches wearing street clothes and then Don Wink Martindale walking around with Giants ball caps and sunglasses looking <laughs> exactly like he does on an NFL sideline on any given Sunday. You, you saw him, you get a coach, like, who is that? Is that is that Dennis Allen? Is that what uh, is that what <laughs> Dave Ziegler looks like with Don Wink Martindale? No question. That is Don Wink Martindale. And he is identifying himself for me, and I appreciate that. Nothing beats free, baby. Free clothes that he gets for coaching. If they ask him, hey, what's your favorite part of coaching? Oh, free hoodies. Free, free cutoffs. All right, DK. Uh, you're up next. You're up with uh, All right. Dallas Cowboys at 26. <clears throat> this is a tough one. There's a couple of players I like here for the Cowboys. Um, and there's a couple tight ends I like for the Cowboys. I'm going with the tight end here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, and, and I need to go between, It's between Kincaid and Michael Mayer. And I'm going with Kincaid, and here's why. Okay. If you go look at the last three seasons, Dalton Schultz targets 89, 104, 89. If you give Dalton Kincaid 95 targets, he's going over 1,900 yards. I'm telling you. Easy, easy. It's the most common <laughs> yard metric ever used. 100%, oh, brother. But I'm seriously, but more, but more seriously, like he is Dalton Schultz, but like with a just actually good i don't know sorry that's sorry Improved for dalton. Dalton. <laughs> you're training out a schultz for a kincaid you're just right. you're, at the dalton position you're getting better yeah he to me he's just like so much so so much more dynamic um at the catch point after the catch he can pick up yards after the catch i think if i was i think if it, if it was down to the actual decision makers for the cowboys they probably would pick mayor just because they want to like run the rock and everything mm-hmm. but if i'm picking the picking for them i'm going with Dar- dalton kincaid because he is just so dynamic up the seam in the red zone um yards after the catch he's so smooth he's one of my favorite players in this draft i think you have to have the right plan for him but like with the way that Dak prescott loves to target the tight end position i think this is the perfect fit for him so Dalton kincaid bills are up 27 i don't i don't know dude i mean (laughs) Don't I would, take him. This is the third pick in a row in which the guy that I want to take at, 20, at the next pick would make sense for your team. Don't touch him. Who, Bijan? I'm not telling you. Okay, well, I'm not going to draft Bijan because every every time I draft Bijan, Bills fans are like... You've no, never heard of Damian Harris? <laughs> They're like, no, James Cook's wearing number four this year. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, good, true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Good point, good point, good point, good point. <laughs> I would like to draft them an offensive tackle, and I'm not going to lie. Normally, when we get to this point, Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright are on the board. Neither of them are here. Anton Harrison, because I, I would like to upgrade Spencer Brown's spot at right tackle. Anton yeah. Harrison's still here, who I like Anton uh-huh. Harrison. But Anton Harrison has exclusively played left tackle for Oklahoma. He's got a lot of experience there. I don't know what the transition is like for him going to right tackle. I don't think anybody does. I don't think they're going to draft a corner. They have Elam. Benford played well last year. Not going to draft a linebacker. No, they lost Edmonds. They got so many guys in the defensive line they've already invested in. I know. This team is good. It's a good football team. Wow. Sounds like they should make an AFC championship game. Receiver? Uh, That's what I was thinking. I mean, yeah, but if I'm going to pick a receiver, it's probably going to be Downs, right? And I I like Josh Downs. I also like Khalil Shakir. Like, I think Khalil Shakir could be good. Think about a Jalen Hyatt Hyatt believer. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm not. I mean, same. It is kind of tough. Yeah, some some of the receivers are just off the board at this point. You probably want to wait till a second round. Yeah. Let's 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 talk. Like let's let's go do like just like straight best player available. Bijan. As you can see, well, okay, Bijan. But I'm talking about like I'm looking at the PFF board right now. Elijah mm-hmm. Cansey, defense tackle out of Pittsburgh. Brian Brisset, defense tackle out of Clemson. This team struggled on the interior last year, right? Like, like I, Ed Oliver is a fine player, but I don't really think it's what he wanted, what you wanted with the top 10 pick. And then Daquan Jones also like a fine player, but like uh, they don't have the fullness of depth of defensive tackle I think they'd like to have. So that's where my eyes went. And then my eyes also went to wide receiver, where I think that they, they really believed in their homegrown guys, right? Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Gabriel Davis, right? Like these guys that we drafted and, and and we feel good about our young guys and they just didn't get the return on investment they were hoping such that adding to the room wouldn't surprise me. Those are the two yeah. spots I went. Yeah. I See, I don't think... You could be... In, in my opinion, you can... If you draft Kalijah Jacanti, he can only play the reps that you were going to give yeah. Ed Oliver. He can't play next to Ed. I agree. I right, agree with that. right. So you're <laughs> then you're there. There's no compliment there. You are simply saying we're trying to move on from Ed Oliver at that point. And I don't think they're there. And I don't think I'd be there if I'm going to be honest. Even though I like Kansi. Does does what about? Do we think anybody would trade up into the back part of the first round who might want Bijan? Because he's still there. Idea. Or a left tackle. <clears throat> like, um, do we have the Steelers taking a tackle? We did. Okay, they took Darnell right. All right, yeah. all right, all right. The Seahawks are sitting there at 37. They could be a team that would trade into the first round for B. John Robinson. You think? The Bengals are offering a trade from 28 to 27. Okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, you may move back one pick. Maybe. Hold on. I'm looking at the second round here. <laughs> He's like, you're tricking me. <laughs> does Carolina does Carolina go all the F in? All the way the F in. They gave a four-year deal to Miles Sanders. Oh yeah, they did. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot they gave the deal. They to gave Sanders. him like a lot of money. Arizona oh, wouldn't dear. do it. Just Indy man up it. and take Brian Breesey so I can take Bijan Robinson to the Bengals. 
All right, I think I'm going to take. Uh, how do you guys feel about Osiris Torrance? That's where my hit. I, that was actually going to be a guy throughout. You get there. beefy. Ooh. You get beefy. I like that. Now, I like that. Now, actually, wait. Now we're cooking with gas here. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Torrance at 27. I think that's a great pick. Yeah. You're getting beefier up the middle. Allows you to run power a little bit more. Dude's an absolute earth mover. If you start, if you yes. want to start stealing what the Eagles are doing, not stealing with the Eagles. Such a good prospect. If you want to, if you want to start like you know running a lot more QB power, a lot more QB sneaks, that's a massive man to be able to follow along that line. So mm-hmm. I'll just go Cyrus Torrance here. Yeah. All okay, right, ben, pick twenty-eight for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So a little shroud of mystery. Who could Ben be taking? Listen. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I don't think Bijan's making it out of like the tens, let alone to 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if he were in the tens, I think teams would be calling to try to trade up to go get him. Like, I understand how we all feel about running back value, but this kid's incredible. He's awesome. The Bengals yep. have a frust- like not frustrated Joe Mixon, but like Joe Mixon, who didn't necessarily have the season they were hoping, and Smaji Piran had some nice moments, and Joe Mixon's got a big figure coming up in 2023, and there were talks that maybe they could cut him, but then lo and behold, P. Ryan signs away with the Broncos. And now when you look at the the cap situation for Cincinnati, I mean, they have Joe Mixon, who's got one year left on his deal, 2023, and then it's his, his fifth-year option for 2024, which is $13 million. They have Travion Williams, one, year's, one year left on his deal, and Chris Evans, two years left on his deal. They have very little talent at running back. And Mixon mm-hmm. was not good down the stretch last year. This team just brought Orlando Brown into the building after improving the offensive line a lot and saved their offense during the 2022 season by improving their running game. I, I can say with great certainty, a heartbreaking to fantasy owners, heartbreaking to nerds, I can say with great certainty that the Bengals understand that to get over the hump, they have to get better at running the football. Not that they're going to become a 60% early down run team, just that they know it's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. This team will absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, go and get Bijan Robinson if he's falling. And now here at 20, <laughs> I get to take him. I have no doubt in my mind they would make this pick. I have no doubt in my mind that I should make this pick. It is a huge, massive, tectonic addition to a team that is trying to get over the Chiefs hump in the AFC. Bijan Robinson could legitimately be the difference in a conference championship game against the Chiefs. Which like, it's not like the Bengals have had issues being the Chiefs. I get that. But I'm saying this is a very competitive division and they're adding a star talent on the offense. This would be one of my favorite picks of the first round. You know, Dang. I think I think everybody says the same thing. They believe Bijan Robinson is getting picked in the top 15, at the very least, the top 20. But nobody knows where. You know, like nobody knows exactly where it's going to be. Um, they just believe that somebody's going to pull the trigger on him because he is that talented. And I would agree. I'm one of those people that says that. Uh, but here we we are mock draft exercises, whether it's a what we think is going to happen mock draft or what we would do mock draft. And Bijan always seems to make it to the 20s. Maybe that's just because um, we're programmed to think that at this point. But the dude's unbelievably talented no matter what. So Bijan going off the board with the Cincinnati Bengals at 28. I think certainly it just it makes them objectively a better football team. DK, you're up now at uh, 29 with the New Orleans Saints. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. There's two guys I got in my mind here. The uh, The Saints lost a handful of their defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They like big fellas on the defensive line. They like big pass rushers. They do. Generally speaking. So Keon White and Lucas Van Ness are both sitting Ooh. here. Keon yeah, those make White. a lot of sense. Yeah, oh, man. Damn, I'm Keon, gonna... Keon White feels like a saint. So I know, so does... doesn't he? They both yeah, do. Honestly, he does. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Keon White. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't know why. I just feel like he, what you exactly what you just said. He just feels like a saint to me. He does. Um, big, strong, twitchy. 
you know what I mean? Like, I think this makes a ton of sense for them. They need to, you know, restock the shelves at the defensive line. Just makes a lot of sense. I do like Lucas Van Ness for them right there too, but mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, I think I, I leaned Keon White. Eagles are up at 30. This is me now. Ben took Don't Joe Jr. for them at 10. Ben, I... glad you can't see staring me in the face. Would they ever pick him? No. Too small. Get bigger, <laughs> kid. Get weight room, son. Um, can, can't can't do much about those long, short arms either. Yeah. Like, can you stretch them? Yeah, I would. I would say at this point, like, defensive tackle makes sense. And if they took, they're willing to swing on undersized guys if they have ludicrous production. See, Pumphrey, comma, Donnell, mm-hmm. uh, Avante Maddox, who came out of Pittsburgh, right? Like guys who are really, really good. Into on the box score, they'll 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 take the risk. It's usually not round one. Um. But like I, I don't think they take Cansey. I'd be surprised. But at this stage, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. No. Cansey, seven sacks in twenty twenty one, seven and a half in twenty twenty two, thirteen and a half tackles for a loss twenty twenty one, fourteen and a half in twenty twenty two. Yeah, good pressure numbers. Yeah. I'm taking Cansey. Um, I'm taking Cansey. Yeah. I mean, like. I would guess that here, like Kansi, Brian Brissy, and then Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, like they'd be looking at the defensive tackle group at, here at 30 and, and liking what they see. So uh, it could be Kansi, it could be a different name, but the position makes sense. What about Adetimiwa Adabore? I mean, like As the a Eagles. Three tech? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the Eagles like athletes, but they're not like athlete pilled, right? Like the guy actually has to do something on the field once or twice for them to be like, okay, cool. And I just thought <laughs> I. I don't see the film on him that like to for me it gets me over the moon. I don't think he's gonna be a first round player. The other thing it like, like makes the Cansey pick tricky, but it's the same thing with Adaboare, is we don't really know what Sean decides is gonna do with his defensive tackles. But if they're gonna run like the Fangio stuff, they need a, a four eye, a guy who plays on the inside shoulder of mm-hmm. the tackle. And like that's not really Cansey because he's not long. No. It's probably no. yeah, exactly. And like they didn't really have that guy last year. So like they could also honestly sort of like a Lucas Van Ness team and then like play him as an under tackle or play him inside the tackle the same way they might without a Boare. So there's that aspect of it to it. Of, uh, uh, there's that aspect to it. I'm gonna take Kansi. It's what we it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what we it's a what we would that. do mock draft and I love Kalijah Kansi, so I'm gonna take him, but I'm I wanted to ask Ben about the realism of this because it feels like mm-hmm. To me, I felt like if the team had this pick, they'd be taking Lucas Van Ness. He's just big, explosive, yeah. needs some development. They right. have the guys already at edge for this year and maybe next year to where like you don't need him to be a massive producer for you. But in two, three years, he could be. So yeah. I think they're on the table, but I'm taking Kalaj can't see at 30. Yeah, and like I think the three of us as a consensus here aren't super high on Van Ness, right? Because, like, I'm no. here at 31, and you have the Chiefs who, like, they just added Charles Amenahu, but their defensive end room is is Amenahu, big, long. George Karloftis, you know, a big, long, decently sized guy. Uh, Josh Kindo, big, long guy. And then, like, you know, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap. Like, these guys are out the door. Like, they need to continue adding at edge. I would imagine, again, like, if, if they're picking, they're probably taking Lucas Van Ness. I'm taking... Will McDonald, because I like him better. Okay. I think he's a way better player. Uh, Will McDonald's got length. Yeah. Big. Explosive. Implies 
also size, like weight, like density, which our boy William just cannot hold the weight that he would like to. He's, he's a 240-pound rusher. Um, but honestly, like when he gets to stand up, he's a decent run defender. And on mm-hmm. a room that's got like Karloftis and Omenahu, he's going to play wide a lot. So I think that'll be to his benefit. I think he can be a Frank Clarkian sort of rusher in terms of like winning that outside outside angle, right? Winning with length, being that quick guy up the field and creating that that back of the pocket that lets other guys clean up the rush. Like I think he can fill that role. Um, I like McDonald. I I, I expect McDonald to sneak into the end of the first round. That'd be my guess as we as we stand here three weeks out. Like I said, I don't know anything. Um, but he has the sort of profile that usually does. Uh, and for the Chiefs, defensive end is is a is a rich position, right? We saw Keegan White go. Lucas Van Ness is still on the board. Like the end of the first round is really good for edge. And I think that, that that's what makes a lot of sense for them. All right. I'm going to ask both of you about some players that did not go in this first round that you would mm. shout out that you maybe thought about some guys that you still think have a chance there that you like in the rest of your top 50, but I'll give you some time as I recap this draft between the three of us, which is a, what we would do mock draft. Ben started us off taking Anthony Richardson at number one for the Carolina Panthers. DK said CJ Stroud for the Texans at number two. I took Bryce young or sorry, Ben traded up, took Bryce young to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders at number three. Yes. Will Levis went to the Colts at four. Will Anderson to the Seahawks at five. Jalen Carter to the lions at six. Devon Witherspoon to the Cardinals at seven. Christian Gonzalez, to the Falcons at eight. Paris Johnson jr. To the bears at nine. Joey Porter jr. To the Eagles at 10. Tyree Wilson to the Titans at 11. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Texans at 12. Peter Skaronsky to the Jets at 13. Going to have to see what Connor thinks about that, but I'm sure he'll approve. Zay Flowers to the <laughs> Patriots at 14. Darnell Washington, the Packers at 15. Broderick Jones to the Washington Commanders at 16. Darnell Wright to the Steelers at 17. Quentin Johnson to the Lions at 18. Dewan Jones to the Bucks at 19. Flipping Tristan Wirfs over to left tackle. Nolan Smith double dipping some athletic edge rushers to the Seahawks mm-hmm. at 20. Deontay Banks to the Chargers at 21 much to Ben Chagrin. Jordan Addison to the Ravens at 22. Miles Murphy to the Vikings at 23. Brian Branch to the Jags at 24. Drew Sanders, uh, a new name to the first round, which we haven't said too much, to go into the Giants at 25. Dalton Kincaid to the Cowboys at 26. Osiris Torrance, after a long discussion, to the Bills at number 27. Bijan Robinson, uh, hopefully putting the Bengals over the top at number 28. Keon White, who just feels like a New Orleans Saint to the Saints <laughs> at number 29. Clyde Jacancy to the Eagles at 30. Howie Roseman be damned. And then Will McDonald to the Chiefs at 31. Uh, Danny, I'll start with you. Any players who just didn't make this first round that uh, that you think really have a chance to be first round players or just guys that you really like that yeah. do you think deserve to be there? Uh, who are some names? I mean, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, the tight end. He, he He's the first guy that comes to mind. I, you know, yeah. Tight end is such an interesting position. It's a very deep class. So team, you might you might see a few guys fall just because there's so many good tight ends in this class. And Mayer could be one of them. But to me, he feels like a invite him to the to the green room or whatever, and he'll probably be picked in the first round. But he to me is maybe one of the most talented players not uh, that didn't get picked in this. And then I do like Lucas Van Ness. I think is a classic late mid to late first round pick because of the traits um him and him and like lj miles, collier baby miles murphy Just young he's not like lj, LJ collier <laughs> i love to bring up lj collier to dk just to trigger him. God, lj collier he could dude he couldn't even get on the field he literally couldn't get active on game days um, just like a lucas van ness couldn't start for the uh, guys that's a great point DK. um but yes i, I think lucas van ness just traits wise he he's probably gonna be a first runner um, right and then Brian Brezzy from Clemson, yeah. Yeah. probably going to be a first round pick. And I think, you know, he's, he's disruptive enough. He can penetrate in the defensive line. I think there's a spot for him 
um, on a defensive line rotation right away. So yeah, those are the three guys that stood out to me. Ben, what about you? Yeah, on like my personal board, which I was like peeking at, but like kind of you know whatever, sticking with with what you know. Uh, Clark Phillips, the corner out of Utah, and Cam Smith, the corner out, out of oh, South yeah, Carolina. Baby. Two people mm. to me that are plug and chug starters. I just I think they're such the film is awesome. There's measurables questions, testing questions with, with both, but I think that they can play around it. Maybe not going to be elite corner ones in the NFL, but they're starting to caliber players. I wouldn't be surprised to see a late run on corners. Think the the Noah yeah. Ibnogany year, 2021, <clears throat> 2020, whatever year that was. Uh, like the, We've seen corners go more and more frequently early in the first round, and they sneak in the back in round one. I think we could see that with guys like Phillips and Smith. Uh, the other mm-hmm. dude, uh, I I have Josh Downs decently high on my board. I have him right around where I have Addison. Mm-hmm. Obviously, took Addison early. Downs didn't make it in. I could see that. And then the last guy is uh, 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 Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, yep. who like, Bijan makes it 28. <clears throat> Ain't no way Jameer Gibbs is going round one. I think Bijan's going a lot earlier. And I think Gibbs has the sort of profile that warrants a late first round investment. So those are the dudes I have ranked quite yeah. early that, that we didn't see go off the board. There we go. All right, folks. Let us know what you guys thought of this mock draft. Let us know what you thought of uh, our thoughts, as well as some guys that you would have loved to see at certain spots. If you're watching this on YouTube, the best way to get in the conversation is, of course, in the YouTube comments. So subscribe to the channel while you're there. Like the video, all those YouTube buzzwords. So make sure that you're subscribed and everything so you guys know that you don't miss an episode. Let us know. We love to get in on discussion. I'm reading all the comments and responding to all the comments that I can. Mock drafts are obviously the most fun way to get your thoughts out on what you think that your team should do, or if you were intrigued about one of the moves that we made here on this mock draft, you could let us know. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Tampa Bay Trey. At Danny B. Kelly is where you can find Danny. And then at Benjamin Solak is where you can find Ben. Are y'all on Instagram? Are y'all big on Instagram? Should I should should we push to Instagram or is it just the Twitter for you guys? <laughs> I mean, I'm What's on Instagram. There? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ben does not have Instagram. Danny does have Instagram. Yeah. You can find Danny. What's your handle on Instagram? Danny B. Kelly. That's where right, I am. So that's that's who I am everywhere. So, cross yeah. cross brand. You love to see that kind of uh, consistently consistency from the social channels. Ben doesn't have Instagram because Ben's already a fifty uh, five year old man who's living in a twenty five year old man's body. <laughs> I but, wish uh, this laptop was a piece of wood. <laughs> that's, that's the best quote from the whole show. <laughs> I wish this laptop was a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> follow these guys incredible work over at the ringer nfl draft dot the ringer.com i got that right 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 first and foremost yes nfl first draft foremost, dot the ringer.com yeah dot the ringer.com also of course listen to their podcast the nfl draft show which you guys can find um the ringer nfl draft show which you guys can find anywhere you listen to your podcast they do a fantastic job covering the draft giving you some great thoughts obviously like you heard on this podcast but also they have a lot of fun doing it ben danny this was so much fun appreciate you guys taking the time uh thanks guys appreciate it <laughs> <laughs>